And welcome to another episode of What's Good Games Live for Monday, July 13th, 2020. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Brittany Brombacher. Hello, Andrea. Hello, Britt. How are we you We totally today? didn't just mess up the intro and do it over again. No, we didn't. I was telling you that, that we'll never see the light of day because I was muted, that I'm just in a, I'm in a weird mood today. It's kind of like a high on life. And it could have been the caffeine I had before we started the show. Who could say? You know? Who could say? Are you also affected intensely by caffeine the way one Christine Steimer is? Uh, Well, I haven't eaten. So I did have like a little little, little five hours that I like. My Kirkland Signature Energy Shot. I didn't have the whole thing though because it'll – that would not be good. But just a little sip is all it took and now I'm off to the races, baby girl. Oh, I wish that caffeine did that for me. Do you drink a lot of caffeine? Is that why? I don't. I I used to drink like – um, a couple cups a day, but now I'm down to one cup a day because the medication that I take for my ADHD interacts with caffeine in not a great way. Um, and so essentially, like, I just don't need or use caffeine anymore. But good. before, like, I could drink a Red Bull and go right to sleep. Wow. Yep. Because I, when I was bartending, I would do Red Bulls throughout the night to keep my energy up, whether it was placebo or not, who could say? And then sometimes I would drink one as late as like 1 or 2 a.m. because we had like all this cleanup and paperwork and stuff to do after the club closed. And so I wouldn't get home until 4 or 5 a.m., but I'd still be able to go to bed. Holy shit. Maybe we just need to inject your blood with just caffeine or Red Bull. Maybe in Cyberpunk we can do that. We'll turn you into a Red Bull monster. Ooh, something to consider. Uh, But welcome to the show, everybody. We are glad to be back after our little break for your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific time right here at twitch.tv slash what's good games on your favorite podcast service or at youtube.com slash what's good games. Brittany, I know that you were playing a game that we're going to be talking about later this week over the break. Did you have a nice a nice week? I did. I got to spend, well, the majority of it was with a particular game. This is a very particularly long game. Uh, and that was where the majority of my time and effort was spent. But I got to spend time with family, which is really nice. Got to hang out with my husband, which is like, you know, a good thing to do from time to time. And just kind of get outside, you know? It was getting outside good. is good. Time mm-hmm. with the husband is good. John and I had that talk of, you know, we are around each other constantly because of the quarantine, but we don't spend a lot of time, like, interacting with each other the way that we used to because I think a lot of couples have run into the same issue of, like, well, you used to tell me about your day at work, but now I see you all day because you're working from home. Yep. <laughs> or you would tell me about, like, a meeting that you would go to or a business trip that you were coming back from, and it's like, well, so... I see you again. I just saw you in the bedroom. How was your trip to the kitchen? What happened? How was it? Exactly. Yeah. No, it's, it's been a kind of a fascinating mental circus of 
you're so used to seeing that. Now, granted, Jason and I have worked together, I mean, in from home for, oh, I don't know how many years now, like five or six. So we're used to it. So we've also kind of had to figure out how do we how do we combat this? And we found that a nice brisk walk outside away from all technology really helps just getting out. That's a good call. We've been meaning to do that. We just haven't been able to kind of pull ourselves away from obligations. But now that I've heard that some of the beaches here in Southern California are open, I'm like, you know what? Ooh. Let's grab our, our cute summer masks and go for a little walk by the ocean. Let's do it. I bought a bunch. I should say I bought. I should say John bought a bunch of the Disney masks that they were selling. I don't know if you knew that they that Disney was selling masks. So we not. have like 15 different kinds of Disney masks and some of them are character faces, which are super fun. Oh, that's like cute. Mi- like Mickey's face, like Stitch's face. I've got one that's the, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm forgetting her name. The really cute little white kitty from Aristocats. Oh, I know who you're talking about, but. Oh my gosh. The fruit fruit cat. Yes. I'm just, ugh, I'm blanking. Anywho, masks. Masks. Wear them. I want um, to get one of those Skyrim masks. Have you seen those? It's like no. it says like level one armor, but it protects against like diseases or something. It's, it looks really cute. Oh, nice. Oh, Thirsty Panda coming through. Duchess is her name. Oh, okay. Um, I have one from Gearbox that they sent for Borderlands. That's oh, a cycle, I got that That's too. a psycho mask. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty cute. So that's pretty fun. Yeah. Lots of different kinds of masks to choose from. Anywho, we're getting off to a great tangent here to start off our show this Monday. And while we're talking about random stuff, let's go ahead and talk about a couple pieces of housekeeping. Um, oh, thanks for the sub, Jusixo. So, housekeeping. Did you miss our Patreon streams for the month of July just yesterday? Don't worry, patrons. You can watch the archive at patreon.com slash what's good games. And I'm glad that uh, Lizzie D is here as well. Tell Drew I said hi as well. Thank you so much, Lizzie. And then we've also got... What else do I put on my things here? Oh, yes. We have just a couple of days left. I think two days. It ends July 15th for those exclusive 2020 Twitch Pride emotes. So if you guys haven't seen these yet, there's over 20 different custom Pride emotes just for 2020. And you can unlock them by buying a tier one sub, by gifting a sub, or by cheering 300 bits or more. So you have just a couple more days to get those. And when you unlock them, you also unlock them for a member of the community. And Twitch then donates to Black Lives Matter and to the Trevor Project, which is a win-win-win. Win-win-win-win-win. So if you haven't got any yet and you want to, consider that. Plus, Brittany, you've added this one. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, we are on PlayStation 5 pre-order watch I know rumors are rumors are rumors, and rumors gonna rumor. But the latest and greatest is that <laughs> it could be today, as of 12.30 p.m. Pacific, that we could be getting a PS5 pre-order page. I know in Australia, I think it was, that the PlayStation 5 pre-order page has gone live. Well, not that you can pre-order, but like it's set up for pre-ordering. So if any of this happens, chat, I'm watching you. I'm going to stop this stream. I'm going to stop this podcast, and I'm going to pre-order me a PS5. Not saying it's going to happen, because I don't think we're going to go until 12.30, but I'm just saying... Anything happens, I'm counting on you. Don't let me down. That goes for you I, too, Andrea. I thought, I thought, sorry, we have so many people coming in and gifting subs, and I'm realizing I haven't muted those audio alerts, so I apologize to anybody <laughs> who's, watching, who's watching this back on, um, on YouTube. Uh, California Kid coming in with the gifted subs. Um, I'm trying to figure out like where, because we have transitioned almost fully to the new PC now, which you can see behind me. Still figuring out some cabling and some audio settings. Um, You may have noticed when we were doing the Ubisoft Forward watch along this weekend that uh, there were some problems (laughs) that we were trying to navigate on the 
on the fly. So um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find that right away. So I apologize in advance to everybody, but uh, it's okay. It's just, part of, it's just part of the process. It is. Okay. We're making sausage right in front of your very eyes. Nice stuffed, I was going to say slimy sausage, but that's not right. You know, it's just, yeah. What's what's a good word to describe sausage? Uh, juicy? There we go. Better than slimy. <laughs> Better than slimy. I just think when I am eating a nice sausage. Tell me all about it. All right. I want it to be Juicy. You know? No one wants a dry sausage. I mean, really. No. You don't want it to crumble in your mouth. Like it's No. As yeah. you and Steimer once sang, nobody wants a dry wiener. No. Everybody likes a saucy wiener. wiener. It's true. Oh, that was a good one. That's yeah, a good that throwback. A good yeah. All right. Without further ado, Britt, why don't we get on to the news? Oh, okay. Sure. Okay. Because we are a news show. I mean, it, it, is, it is a news show. Yeah. We do talk about news. We're your source for video game news commentary analysis. But we did spend a little time on the funny stuff, which is also important. <laughs> yeah. All right. So first up... We have got a couple of recaps for you about some press conferences that happened over the weekend. And Brittany, I'm not going to run down like all of the details from Ubisoft Forward that happened yesterday, but I have like kind of the top level highlights. So um, I think the one of the big announcements that got leaked and then teased and then officially announced was, of course, Far Cry 6. After several leaks earlier this week, Ubisoft officially announced the game, and it's got a February 2021 release date. And, of course, the reveal showcased Breaking Bad and the Mandalorian actor Giancarlo Esposito as the big bad villain. Mm-hmm. So what did you think about this reveal trailer? I So we talked about it during because we live reacted to it. I didn't really gather a lot of information from this trailer. I think that's probably on purpose. It's supposed to get us hyped and excited. Uh, I thought I was waiting for something to explode toward the end. Because you're holding the little, I think that was Danny Roja, which is the character you're going to play as, which I find out you can play as male or female, which I learned later, holding this grenade. And then you think he's going to throw it. And then he doesn't. And all of us, I think except for you, Andrew, were like, oh, no, we we need that release. We needed that explosion because it was so fucking tense. Yes. And it's like, boom, release date. It's like, all right, not the kind of boom I wanted, but I'll take it. As far as the big bad villain guy, I mean, I don't know who he is anyway, so <laughs> no surprise there. He was on Breaking Bad? Is that, was that his thing? Giancarlo? Wait, so you don't know about Giancarlo? No. <gasps> I mean, I know did he's you? a famous actor. Wait, did you never watch any of Breaking Bad? Or The Mandalorian? Listen, if it doesn't star one Judith Scheindlin, Andrea, it's just, uh, like, not my shtick. Brittany, no! Andrea, one of these days, chat, they're going to stop being so surprised by these revelations. I, just, I know. You know. My sausage doesn't get slimy by watching TV. It just doesn't. Well, what's crazy, though, is that Giancarlo has been around for a really long time. He's been an actor in dozens and dozens of movies, but I think, like, Breaking Bad was really his kind of, like, big starring role where he became like a household name to a lot of people and then his role in the mandalorian is good but it's it's relatively small comparative to to some of the other characters i think we're going to see more from him in the upcoming season of the mandalorian that's happening later this year but i loved when they originally teased it and we saw his face i mean because it's very iconic very clearly him and the mocap that they did was really great and i have watched a couple of interviews that have been happening this morning with him as well. And I think that it's just going to be really exciting to see because some of the things that he said about his character have kind of indicated that 
he's not as like thoroughly evil as some of the previous mm-hmm. Far Cry villains that we've got, but that he's just trying to do what's best for his island and his people and to take care of his little country. And I'm like really interested to see that dynamic in Far Cry because I feel like most of the Far Cry villains we've got are like unequivocally evil and terrible people. Yeah. The, well, who was the main villain from the last one? That hippie guy. I can't remember his name. Uh, Father or something. Father, Father John. Father. Father. Something. Uh, Father of the weird shit. Uh, his little his little underlings I thought were very one sided. I actually thought he was kind of an interesting character. Right. He was kind oh, of. Oh, it's here. the his name is the father, and it's oh. Joseph Joseph Seed is Joseph his name. Seed. Yeah, I thought he was pretty a, a pretty interesting character, but um, his little like underlings were very. I'm a bad person. Ha ha. And here's why. I'm going to make you fight me in an airplane. Ha ha. Don't ever do aerial combat in Far Cry, please. But what I'm interested, too, about this Far Cry is that it's being led by Ubisoft Toronto. And in the past, they've helped Ubisoft Montreal with their efforts. But this is the first time they're leading an actual Far Cry game, which I think is great. I I personally liked Far Cry 5. I thought it was a fine game. I thought it was fun, if not a little repetitive. But I think that's been the number one criticism of the series is it just feels more of the same. Same old, same old. Slap a new skin on it, maybe throw in a few little tweaks here and there. So maybe this is a good fresh start. And they haven't mentioned multiplayer either. And I don't know if they're going to save that for a future reveal, but maybe this will just be a single player game. You know, I I honestly don't care about multiplayer like at all in Far Cry. I think Far Cry... Um, succeeds as a single player game you and I have tried doing the co-op stuff before and it kind of feels like it's good for some like lol shenanigans like running around and just being you know silly but I think that you know when you try to take yourself as seriously as sometimes the Far Cry series does that when you build that stuff also into the game it kind of undercuts this really intense narrative that you're trying to build build and I would really love to see them potentially go in a different direction with what they're doing with this Far Cry and say, hey, you know what? We're going to lean in to a grittier version while still maintaining the really, you know, excellent open world mechanics that Far Cry is known for. Mm-hmm. The best part about this, Andrea, is Chorizo, the fangs for hire, a wiener dog who has a little wheelchair with his little back legs. Oh, wait a minute. I didn't see anything about a wiener dog. Oh, yeah. He's a fang for hire. His name is Chorizo, and he is described as the cutest wiener dog on wheels. Aww. Adorable. He's really, really cute, and I'm excited for him to wreak havoc in this game. I feel like I have to go find where this this wiener dog is now. Chorizo. Chorizo. Like sausage. Chorizo. Yeah, yeah. No, that's what I... I I thought you said uh, like chorizo or something. I was like, no, no, no. Oh, no, I get it. It definitely makes me want like a a spicy Like a slimy sausage? Sandwich or something. No, juicy. Not slimy. Nobody wants slimy sausages. (laughs) Make up your mind. Juicy. Uh, And then also the Far Cry 6 Collector's Edition has like a two and a half foot flamethrower. Obviously, it's not real. Kids, don't get too excited about it. But I thought that was kind of a fun little, a little thing that I probably will get. I feel like we definitely need to look this up. Okay, let me find. Let me take a look at this. First off, we got to go Far Cry Six. Chorizo, Chorizo, the cutest little wiener dog on wheels. He's pretty darn cute. Yeah. Hella Dopex, I agree. It is a really, really cute name, and he's a really cute... He's a little fat wiener dog. He's really... So, overall, right here, is that, is that him right here? I think so. Looks pretty cute. Yep. Pretty cute. And I think part of the pre-order 
incentive is he gets um like a Liberty outfit where his little wheelchair has little spikes coming out of it. it he's just adorable. All right. So maybe if I just go to the Far Cry 6 pre-order page. I can yeah, you might see it this. there. Is he like it's- Axel from Twisted Metal? Oh, my God. But I love you so much. Thank you for the reference. Uh, definitely not. But that's a, a, that was a good one. I love Twisted Metal. Bring back Twisted Metal. Okay, Brett. I've got the B-roll up here. Okay. Also, everyone who's watching live, I'm attempting to do B-roll. Let me know what you guys think about it. You're doing good, Um, Tini. So this is the... Oh, thanks, honey. Um, So this is the gold edition. Includes the season pass, it says. Uh, Looks like it's... um, The gold edition steelbook is $109.99. Ultimate edition includes bonus content and season pass. That's $119.99. Oh, here we go. This is the flamethrower. Oh, is this a video about the collector's edition? It could be. Nope, that's the world premiere trailer. The flamethrower is called the Toastador. The Toastador. Oh, there's. Oh, my gosh. Little chorizo. Oh, my gosh. Look at how cute he is. Thank you. Okay, here we go. Here's the collector's edition. Oh, my goodness. That thing is intense. Oh, yeah. Look at that big, beefy Toastador. Whoa. You can get the slime off your sausage with the Toastador. Okay, I got to let that go. Okay, it's. <laughs> I gotta let it go. Just let, let it, it go, Britt. Let it let go, go. Britt. Let it go. Um, I do think this is really neat, and I might have to get one. Mm-hmm. <sighs> might have to get one. All right. Uh, continuing on, since we're still just at the very top of this, uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla has been uh, announced a release date, and it is confirmed for November 17th, 2020 on Xbox One, PS4, PC, Stadia. And Xbox Series X and PS5. Uh, shit. But it did not give a release date for either of those consoles, just to be clear. The November 17th release date is confirmed for the four platforms that are currently available, uh, not PS5 and Xbox Series X. But I think, yeah. I think we all kind of know that by then, you know, one of those or both of those consoles will be out. Especially since Cyberpunk is just two days later. I mean, come on. Yeah. Exactly. So, Andrew, we got a question from Parabolf89, who submitted a Ooh. question to whatsgoodgames.com slash DearWGG. Because you talked about this, well, tweeted, rather, about this today. Their question is, what do you think about the new Assassin's Creed having moment side quests in the game? I don't know if that's what they meant. They are replaced with what is called world events, which seems a bit weird to me. Thank you for answering. Have a lovely day, ladies. Yeah, so I was tweeting about this because I saw a headline from GameSpot that said that they're doing away with uh, they're doing away with uh, side quests. I want to get the exact headline right. Let me go let me go to my Twitter and make sure that I'm quoting both GameSpot and myself correctly. That's very smart of you. A lot of people don't do that. Like a resident. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it says Assassin's Creed Valhalla will have almost no side quests. So that's the headline that they went with on Twitter. Okay. And I saw that go through my feed and I was like, you know, that seems really disingenuous because there's definitely side content. I played it. I played a lot of it, actually. So I clicked on the article and they do an interview with Darby McDivitt, who is the narrative director of the game and who has worked on the Assassin's Creed franchise several times over the years. And I've had the pleasure of interviewing uh, more than once. And he speaks in this interview about how they're changing that side content to feel more authentic to who Eivor is as a character, knowing that Eivor is a Viking and 
Eivor is raiding and kind of going into England as an invader. And so narratively, it wouldn't necessarily make sense for Eivor to be approaching a bunch of random people about side quests. And I was like, okay, I understand that as a as an explanation, but for this headline to say there's almost no side quest is absolutely disingenuous. Like I said on Twitter, the thing that is important to remember is that even if they don't specifically call them side quests, there's definitely a ton of extra content to do. And in fact, when we were talking about our impressions after UB Forward yesterday, I said that there's probably once again too much content to do in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and I think that'll be a downfall for the game. I think the game looks amazing and wonderful, and these world events are very similar to what we saw in Red Dead Redemption 2 and several other games where you come across somebody in the open world and they're like, hey, 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 uh, can you come help me with this thing? Whether it be getting a horse for a child whose horse ran away from her or picking up food for some other people or going and killing a pack of wolves, whatever the event is, it's still considered a side quest. Right, exactly. But it's not just called a side quest. And so I was like, this is, there's no shortage of content in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So don't worry, everybody. Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but other than that, what did you think about everything else that we saw for, um, for Valhalla? I, it was interesting. I mean, I even broke out my, my Nord beard and everything during the, the preview. Well, it was more of like a, it was a cinematic trailer of it where they're showing the action and the cinematics and some of the combat and some of the gore and some of like the adrenaline pumping, whoa, battering ram, let's go knock some heads off. I thought that looked incredibly awesome i was all pumped for it but then as i started watching more and more gameplay it did feel more just like a, a reskinned assassin's creed game and just to remind everyone i've never been able to finish an ac game because they've never been able to hold my attention it's just a little too much to do in that world and i've never found the story gripping enough and so i just tend to fizzle after about like 10 to 20 hours or so of playing so while i think in terms of setting this one appe- appeals to me the most I don't know if it's going to be able to hold my attention because it just looks like another AC game with beard, Viking beards. Yeah, so I also agreed with you on this. After my playtime with the game, I thought as well that the game felt a little bit samey for what was happening in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Now, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is a phenomenal game, and I think that the RPG direction that the team is going in is very good and very exciting, but I think that I really would have liked to see them edit it down a little bit. I think some of the things that you know they take you around to do in the game just feel a little bit superfluous and feel like, why am I wasting my time doing this? Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because we were, <laughs> we were doing live reacts with Steimer, and she was talking about how in my gameplay that I was showing, I was level 50 and that's about a third of the way through the game. And she's like, Oh dang, level 50 is a third of the way. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, man, it's going to be a long slog. And that was a big complaint about Odyssey from people was that there was just too much stuff to do. Now, when I spoke with members of the development team, they did tell me that they tried to focus in on how many quests that they were giving and how many different areas they were doing activities and that it feels like a more focused experience. But from what I played, I don't know if our definitions are focused of George is different. (laughs) But some of the things that I am excited about that they're bringing back to Assassin's Creed Valhalla include a return to some stealth elements that we saw really all the way back in Assassin's Creed 2. Arguably one of the best games and noted by a lot of people as the best game in the franchise. I'm, I'm, I prefer Brotherhood, um, quite frankly. But I think that what's interesting about that is that the 
franchise has received criticism from people and from fans that they really have gotten too far away from its stealth roots and really are focused too much on some of this hack and slash gameplay and stuff that doesn't feel particularly assassin-y, right? Like, mm-hmm. you see Eivor going in with these giant weapons and this big shield, and it's like, wow, she really just feels, or he, whoever, whichever gender you play as, really just feels a lot like a like a Viking, like a, like a brutal strength-based you know, warrior instead of like a very sneaky, agile assassin, which is what the franchise has been known for. And I think that is an interesting dynamic. And I think that they clearly needed to evolve the franchise, but they may have evolved too far in one direction in previous iterations. And it looks Mm. like they're starting to walk that back now, which I think is exciting as a longtime fan of the franchise that, you know, they're giving players more options for how they want to play. So if you want to play more, Action focused, you can, but if you want to play more stealth focused, they're giving you a lot more options this time around, like social blending, which is back, meaning that you can walk through crowds and like disappear into crowds again. Obviously, the hay bales and disappearing into bushes is still very much a part of the game. Um, but I'm really excited to see a little bit more of how they incorporate more stealth into the actual gameplay of what's happening in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Mm-hmm. We'll have to wait and see, I suppose. Indeed. Uh, continuing on, Hyperscape was also shown during the Ubisoft Forward press conference, and they announced that the new Battle Royale is available in open beta. So they confirmed that there's going to be a new weapon, a new hack, and a new 30-tier battle pass. So if you guys haven't checked it out, if you missed the stream that Rihanna and I did where we streamed the PC technical test, you can get in on the PC open beta for yourself right now. Wow. I will say, Hyperscape is a lot of fun. I don't do Battle Royale, but I had a blast playing this with Andrea. Yeah, it was just you. I didn't get to play with Rhea, unfortunately. It was you and a rando that... That we played with, but uh, yeah, really fun. And it's really like I, what I like about it the most is when you die, it's not just game over. You get to scout, you get right. to interact with your teammates, you get to do a lot of fun stuff. So it's really engaging in that regard. And I think it's probably, if you just from the few matches I played, the favorite, ba- my most favorite battle royale, because it does kind of have that silly, quirky, lighthearted feel. Now, granted, some people are going to take this game very seriously as they do. Obviously, I think it's what Ubisoft wants. But if you're just looking to hop in and play some fun, casual matches, I would check it out. Yeah, I had a ton of fun playing with you and Re, and I know that Re, as our de facto battle royale uh, fangirl, is super excited about this, and the fashion in particular oh, yeah. is is really fun, and it's got a really good sci-fi vibe to it, and I really like the movement and the momentum. The one thing that I'm hoping that they're going to adjust and balance is the weightiness of the guns, because right now the guns just feel a little light, and I don't know if that's supposed to be intentional. But I don't prefer that style of first-person shooting because I really enjoy that this Battle Royale is first-person. We were talking about in the Reacts how it feels like an evolution of what Fortnite is accomplishing with being a more casual-focused Battle Royale. So something that kids can play because there's not a lot of violence and gore that you sometimes see in other Battle Royales. But that because it's first-person and not third-person, um, it inherently is going to be a little bit more action-focused. And I would like to see them put a little bit more weightiness in and i know that ubisoft has that skill set because rainbow six is phenomenal no what you do andrea is you don't even get a gun right you start each match with baton (laughs) you keep the baton and then you find the bouncy ball upgrades and then you just bounce around and knock bitches off roofs just knock bitches off roofs Uh, i mean that that is a strategy one that you might not find to be successful but i would love to see you try brit 
Oh, what? Are you going to deny? you going to deny what I said? Girl, you ain't seen all my bouncy ball skills in all their glory. You've seen some of it. Just a little taste. Okay. Okay, girl. Okay. It's really I'm fun. Da- I Get like, the bouncy I like ball. this. Get the okay. bouncy ball upgrade, everyone. It's the best. So much right, fun. I, it, it, it is. It really is. Uh, I'm just going to continue on here. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off because we do want to keep moving. We do have a lot more news to talk about. Um, Brawlhalla will be coming to iOS and Android devices. Ubisoft announced during its UB Forward event. The mobile versions will feature cross-play and are set to be released on August 6th. Just Dance, you know, they couldn't not talk about Just Dance. Season 3 will bring three new songs, three returning songs, and a new playlist. The trailer introduced Hype by Dizzy Rascal and Calvin Harris, La Resputa by Becky G, and features uh, Maluma, and Crayon by G-Dragon. Did you, did you know any of those songs, Brett? No. <laughs> no, Andrea, no. I don't. I'm getting so old. I don't know what's happening. I try uh, to go on Spotify. I know you're going you're gonna to give me shit because you're like, I'm older than you are, and I know who these people are. Yes, I know. Okay, you're more hip and cool than I am. I admit it. But I was trying to listen to Spotify's top 50, and I, I don't like any of that music. I don't get it. I need my Tupac back. Give me all my good old 90s rap, please, for the love of God. Um, I love that you said that because uh, 90s rap is awesome. There is a couple songs that you may recognize. Do you remember Barbara Streisand by Duck Sauce? No. Oh, my gosh. I would play it for you if we wouldn't immediately get a content ID. Uh, but I'll play it for you afterwards. And when I play it, you'll, you'll recognize it. Okay. Duck Sauce? Yeah. Duck Sauce. It's great. Um, Watch Dogs Legion I almost skipped over. Oh. It's one of the biggest announcements of the whole show. Um <laughs> Uh, Ubisoft <laughs> finally talked about Watch Dogs Legion again after they had gone silent on the game for quite some time. That it's going to be releasing this fall, just mere weeks ahead of Assassin's Creed Valhalla on October 29th, 2020. And we also got to see some gameplay from this game as well. Uh, they showcased more of Legion's ambitious gameplay. I would 100% agree with that, which allows players to recruit any NPC and make them a playable character, which is bananas. So I showed you guys a little bit of my Watch Dogs gameplay uh, after the press conference was over. And it this game is like, it feels like there's everything and the kitchen sink in this mm. game. And I think on one hand, it's so cool what they're attempting to do with Watch Dogs Legion. And on the other hand, I'm like, boy, oh boy, it almost feels like because there's so much choice, you're going to be paralyzed and not be able to choose anything and just walk away. That's like a real concern I have about this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my main concern too, and I talked a little bit about this during the live reacts, is if you don't have one main character to bond over and get to know and get to understand where they're coming from and their ambitions and hopes and dreams and fears, to me, that's what keeps me hooked in a game is that character's journey. And if you have a whole bunch of I think it's, what, 40 people you can have in your roster, yeah? If you have 40 random NPCs, am I going to care enough about them? Or is the gameplay going to be so engaging that I'm not going to care? I was reading about, um, I was on IGN article, about how if you have a construction worker and you need to get into a construction site, you know, that's, or you're going to want a construction worker to get into a construction site because you're going to be able to blend in well. But on the other hand, if you don't have one, you're going to have to recruit one. And I think that's kind of an interesting twist to it. Like, okay, I got to find someone to recruit so I can do this mission the best that I can and the way I want to. So that's kind of interesting to me. But I don't know. We'll have to see. I'm just so curious to see how it's all going to come together and work. 
Yeah, I think for me, the things that were really exciting about my playtime with the game were this idea that you get to really choose the kind of play style you want and that each playthrough is going to be unique. So in the impressions that I gave, and I am going to clip out those impressions for both Assassin's Creed and Watch Dogs and upload them as individual videos if you guys want to watch those full discussions. Um, And what I thought was really cool is that when I talked to Kent, who is the game director, he told me that everybody's NPCs are unique. So you, we are watching a little bit of gameplay from the trailer about this construction worker. Like the archetype of a construction worker may be similar, but the individual personality traits, the look of that character, their age, gender, all of it will be unique to your playthrough because of the census system that they have designed specifically for watchdogs, which is proprietary technology. And so one of the big reasons why they delayed the game was because they needed to refine that system and add more components to it to make more diversity among the characters that you see in the open world because there's a lot of npcs in london it's a big town and so i'm really interested to see how they're going to really weave the narrative of what's happening with deadsec throughout all of these different npcs and get to see you know how they all come together and some of the technology in this game i think is just phenomenal like during my playthrough The draw distance in particular, when I was flying around in London, I was impressed by how much of the city was loaded in. I didn't really see anything popping in in the background. It was just Mm. all just there. Mm. And I'm actually really curious how that's going to work on current consoles. But I think on the new consoles, like Series X and PS5 and obviously PC, I think it's going to be the best play experience because of just how ambitious this title is looking to be this fall. Get excited! I'm excited for it. I think that there's going to be way too much to do oh, once yeah. again. That's but I'm excited. Thing. Trim the fit. Yeah, I, I just think that what they're doing is really neat, but the timing of it coming out just mere weeks ahead of Cyberpunk, who also has a big open world that focuses a little bit on this anarchy element, is going to be a really tough call for people. Oh, when, dude, it's you know. I- yeah, I think it, like, so here we go. Watchdog Legion, October 29th. AC Valhalla, November 17th. Cyberpunk, November 19th. Like, chat, I'd be curious. Just drop it in. Like, what order are you going to play these in? Or are you going to hold off for one or the other? I mean, from our personal perspective, hopefully we'll be fortunate enough to get some review copies, which means that we'll have some time in advance. But even then, like, I can't imagine trying to juggle all of these. It's going to take that time yeah. between Legion and Cyberpunk to finish one of the games alone, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh boy. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough for sure for gamers, particularly in a year where finances are hard for everybody because of the pandemic and you have to save if you're planning to buy one of the new consoles for that as well. Oh. So I'm just like, boy, oh boy. I really hope somebody, probably Xbox if I had to guess, is gonna come out with a, a bundle, a console bundle, so you can maybe mm. save a couple bucks buying it as a bu- piece of bundled software with the new console, but I don't want to put too much hope in that, but it would be nice. Um, So it looks like some answers to your question, Brittany, in the chat. It says, of course, Renjamin, Destiny 2 up until Cyberpunk. I'm right there with you. Uh, Bunko says Halo and Spider-Man, two games that were not included in that list. Uh, Boondaggle says uh, Cyberpunk takes priority. Agent 47, also Cyberpunk. Then Yakuza like a dragon. And it looks like pretty much everybody in this list that is including Cyberpunk has put Cyberpunk first. So, yeah, it no, sure does. No, no, no surprise. I mean, there. yeah, it's not surprising. You know, IP fatigue is a real thing. Okay. <laughs> uh, for a second, I it took. I had to catch up. I thought you were going to say IP fatigue, and I was like, wait, what? IP. And then you were like, IP fatigue. 
as in the letter I. In the yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, no, that would. I'm trying. How would that work? How would one urinate fatigue out of themselves? I don't know. It's fine. You know what? That's a question that can't be answered. All right, continuing on. Uh, the Crew 2 was previewed, and it's coming in August, including the flashy 80s update as part of the summer in Hollywood, which will include legendary 80s cars like the DeLorean. Uh, Trials Rising is going to be getting the Giga Track, the longest track in Trials franchise history, on July 16th. It's going to be a free update for all players. And then Ghost Recon Breakpoint is going to receive a free title update on July 15th as well. Most notably, it adds AI teammates to the game for the first time, letting solo players choose whether they want a squad of operators to play with who will have the same abilities as player-controlled characters. Solo players will be able to give orders to and customize the gear of their AI teammates. The update will also add a new limited-time event, Resistance, beginning on July 16th. You can find all of the details about all of their games-as-service updates, because we don't want to go through all of them, of course, over at Ubisoft. Dot com. And I believe there is one more thing that I missed in this update. Let me just double check oh. really quick. Um, yes, um, it is Elite Squad. So we saw this. We saw like a little teaser for it. Um, so Elite Squad is a new mobile game. And let's see here. It's uh, The description on Ubisoft's website says, collect and upgrade your favorite characters from Rainbow Six, Ghost Recon, The Division, Splinter Cell, and more on mobile devices. Command your best squads in stunning and dynamic 5v5 battles. Experience thrilling action in campaign mode with a unique Tom Clancy storyline. Challenge other squads in epic player versus player and guild versus guild battles. Whoa, that's so cool. Epic. There you got your Splinter Cell game, folks. There it is. Oh, boo, it is not a Splinter Cell game. We were just talking about that during the live stream, and all of a sudden, there it is. But that's not your game. Sorry, friends. Sorry. Sorry. Keep on waiting. So we did miss a couple of things. Uh, Not miss, but like we were missing some things from Ubisoft that I think we were hoping to see. No update on what's happening with Skull and Bones. No update on Gods and Monsters. No update on Roller Champions. And no update on Beyond Good and Evil 2. And I'm disappointed yeah, you're allowed to be. They did say they have another stream coming at some point. We'll get more info. You know, I still think we're getting something Prince of Persia related. I can feel it in my bones, Andrea. I can feel oh. it. Okay, okay. I- yes, another forward is coming before the end of the year, they said. Yeah, our Magic 8-Ball did pretty good. I think it got, like, most of them right. Besides the Beyond a Good and Evil questions, obviously. Yeah. <sighs> Magic 8-Ball, oh, well. We gotta get a new one. Yes, I mean, listen... It's over here on the set. I can get rid of it. Um, I did have a little thing in here about a piece of context that I thought was interesting about Assassin's Creed Valhalla that I forgot to mention when we were talking about it. But so just quickly, um, over on IGN, Matt Perslow did an interview about Valhalla. And um, he wrote, I took part in the feature ability to swap Ivor's or Avor's gender from a menu. It turns out this isn't a demo feature to allow journalists to show both male and female versions of the character to readers. Uh, instead... Um, according to Darby McDivitt, that while avoiding story spoilers, of course, this is the new gameplay feature to ensure that both male and female versions of Eivor are considered canon. The feature is backed up by new lore that upgrades the abilities of the Animus, the machine that allows Assassin's Creed characters to explore memories of their ancestors. So as a longtime AC fan, the stuff that Darby talks about with the Animus and some of the present day stuff I thought was really fascinating. But I didn't want to go into it here because I know it's a little nerdy in the weeds for people who aren't AC fans. And... If you want to go in blind, you probably don't want to read this article. But if you're like me and you're like, ooh, give me more, um, go check out Matt's article at IGN.com. 
All right, moving on. Brittany, Devolver also had a showcase on Saturday with Devolver Direct 2020. Now, you said you did not see this. I did not see this. It was the whole thing. Yes. I mean, Devolver has, since they began their E3-style press conferences, done shenanigans every step of the way. In fact, we were part of those we shenanigans. Uh, the f- First year. Second year? First year. I think it was the first year we launched, yeah. Yes, it was. It was all E3 four of 2017. us. Alexa was with us, I think, and we're all like drinking. We're like, this is the stupidest thing ever, which was like scripted, of course. We don't think it's the stupidest thing ever, but it was fun. Yeah. Yeah, um, it was a good time, and they are continuing the good times. If you guys didn't watch it and you want to go back, you can. I mean, I said this yesterday, and I'll say it again. I'm still a little confused why <laughs> they spent so much time doing this fake narrative with this evil CEO and marketing person. Felt like that time would have been better spent showcasing more of their games, but, you know, Devolver's going to Devolver. So a couple things that they did announce, Shadow Warrior 3, we got a first look at gameplay, and the game, of course, is coming in 2021. Um, Olija, Olija, I always say that wrong, um, is a Prince of Persia-inspired action adventure coming to PC and Nintendo Switch this fall, featuring a shipwrecked captain and a country full of people who don't really want him to be there. Uh-oh. Um, Fall Guys, of course, has been around for quite a while that we have been seeing. Uh, the 60-player Battle Royale game is coming on August 4th to PC and PS4. Finally, I mean, I feel like this has been at PAX as a demo for like years at this point. <laughs> yep. um, but they showed a bunch of costumes and mini games and things that we we're going to get in Fall Guys. Uh, Carry On is the tentacle propelled reverse horror game is finally arriving on PC, Switch, and Xbox One in just two weeks. Oh, God. So Phil Spencer came on to announce this, which was fun. Phil Spencer just making the rounds on everyone's press yep. conferences. Yep. Look at that guy. Uh, July- uh, July 23rd is that release date. Uh, Series Sam 4 uh, showed another sneak peek of the FPS ahead of its August release on PC and Stadia. Blightbound is an online and local multiplayer dungeon brawler coming to Steam Early Access on July 29th. And Weird West is an uh, isometric immersive sim from the co-creators of Dishonored and Prey. And it's due out in 2021. So they showed off a little bit of that. Plus... Brittany, this is probably the most exciting part. Devolver Land Expo. Okay. So Devolver wanted to take everything one step further. Of course. So you know what? We can't have E3. We can't make fun of E3 to E3's face. So we're going to make a fake E3 game where you can go around and see the show floor and go to booths and play demos. And it actually looks pretty cool. Like what they were able to create is something that is both like tongue in cheek and parody, but also like, yo, this is actually pretty neat. Did anybody in the chat check out Devolver Land Expo? Does it give you the sensation of sleep deprivation and being hungry all the time and hungover? Um, that is a great question. I don't know if they, if they did because I didn't play it personally. I'm going to try to see if I can find some gameplay for you. But I doubt that they have somebody that will bring you a single chicken tender. Ride or die right here. Hear that chat? Yep. You ever need something? Single chicken tender will fix all your life's problems. Yep. Um, so I'm trying to see if I can find some official gameplay because I don't want to show you guys somebody's playthrough. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at this too. I haven't even seen this yet. Let's see mm. what this is all about. Oh my god, it's the convention hall. Oh, so they like recreated it. Yeah. So essentially, here I'll show you guys a little a little bit of gameplay. <laughs> Um, so here you can see somebody walking into the South Hall with it all um, black. I mean, this looks strikingly like the Los Angeles Convention yeah. Center. As you can see, this gameplay coming from Mr. Red Rivers in the bottom left-hand corner. Um, this is this is this is wild. This is awesome. This is really fun. 
Oh my god! And they had all the little booths set up. Uh, Bunk Bunk Go said, "I tried it. There are even more unannounced secret games in there. Interesting. That's really awesome. I'm going to try to scrub ahead here and see if I can find a little bit more. Hold on, I lost my cursor. There it is. Let's see here. Oh my god! And there's some big boss at the end with a whole bunch of screens and like looks like consoles attached to it. A turret. Oh, that's cute. Oh, to the North Hall. Nobody oh, goes like in. The, nobody goes in the North Hall. Just spoilers. There's nothing in the North Hall for E3. Well, what? Huh. Okay, so it says you can explore the Fall Guys booth, Shadow Warriors booth. Let's see. Just scrubbing a little bit more. Um, amazing. This is hilarious. This is oh, imagine if there was actually a, fa- a Fall Guys booth at a real E3 where there was actually like people in those uniforms. That would be so fun. Well, but let's do- oh wait, what's up? Something that's on fire. What? Oh, this is the Shadow Warriors booth. Oh god. Let me see here. Continuing on. Uh, um, hilarious. Oh, this is the boss. Nice. Yeah. This is cool. Okay, so I I'm into that. I think that that's fun. I think any kind of like eye rolly I had, if they're like very over the top, cheeky, direct, which very much was ripping off of what Nintendo was doing, is wiped away because of what they did with Developerland oh, Expo. There you go. You've changed yeah. your mind, friends. Uh, and Stormbringer reminds everybody that it's free on Steam. Okay, ah, uh, Brittany, it's okay. already eleven. It's already eleven forty nine. We got to keep moving on. This story is a weird one. <laughs> it's a, friends, you might have some treasures that you don't even know about because you see a sealed copy of Super Mario Bros. sold for one hundred and fourteen thousand dollars becomes the most expensive video game ever. This comes from Eurogamer. A sealed copy of Super Mario Bros. has become the most expensive video game of all time after it sold at auction for an eye-watering 114000 The 1985 cartridge sold on Friday during a public auction of vintage comics and art by the Heritage Auctions in Dallas, Texas has been sealed for 35 years. It took 29 bids to push the final sale price beyond the previous record holder. 100150 for another mint copy of Super Mario Bros. sold in February of 2019. According to Heritage Auctions, the buyer wishes to remain anonymous. So it's special because it's the highest graded 9.4 out of 10 sealed Super Mario Bros. game cartridge ever offered at public auction and even retained its original cardboard hang tab, a quality that makes it vintage among collectors because that was shortly phased out after they initiated it. Well, it was part of one of the short production runs of the game packaged in boxes with a cardboard hang tab underneath the plastic, an indication that it was one of the first variants produced after Nintendo started using shrink wrap to seal the games rather than stickers. So, hey, friends, check your shit. And it sounds like this game was actually found in someone's attic. It, it, like, it was just found there. And someone obviously bought it, forgot about it. And that's why it has remained in the incredible condition that it's in. Therefore, they were able to sell it for $114,000. That is absolutely bonkers. It's not just absolutely crazy. It's uh, just uh, I mean, like, crazy. Collectors are a unique breed of people. Um, I just think of everything that could have been done to, you know, help make people's lives better for that much money. But instead, but instead they bought it so that they could have a sealed video game. Yeah. It's interesting. Like, obviously I feel like that game in itself, what's rare about it is the fact that it's one of the first prints of it or whatnot, but it's Mario brothers, right? It's not like it's some hard to come by game. 
So right. it's just it's, it's kind of interesting how it feels like collectors these days are more focused on getting the things that mean a lot to them from a nostalgia perspective rather than a rarity thing. Or maybe that's just like my little bubble of collectors. But something else that I thought was kind of interesting is the Project Pluto, which was a sort of kind of sequel to the Saturn that never saw the light of day. There were only two of those ever made. One of them was auctioned off for $84,000, too. Wow. Yeah. I mean... And then don't forget, the Sony, or the Nintendo PlayStation, I think is what it was called, right? That's what people call it, sold for $316,000 in March. I can't, I just can't even with this. I just can't even. Happens. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Check your games, friends. You might be rich and don't even know it. Exactly. Um, Moving along, I'm not going to read this whole thing, but I thought it was interesting to just kind of mention so you guys may have heard about the atari vcs which is a kickstarted you know revival of an atari console that is coming and i got a press release this morning about how they are teaming up with n dream ag to bring their cloud-based gaming platform to air console to the upcoming atari vcs pc console hybrid that's launching this fall now i bring this up because i would love to hear from anybody in the chat who is very excited about this because when i looked into the details of the Atari VCS. Cause I remember hearing about the announcement and all of that, but I never like looked at like how much it was going to cost. And what I was just like, Oh, it's just another like retro revival. It's going to be like a hundred bucks. You can play stuff on it. But then I was like, I looked into it. And I was like, wait a minute, they're selling this thing for $399. What? So I was like, I needed to go look into it. So I, I have, um, I have a little video here that kind of shows a little bit about, um, what's happening with some vault teasers. So, oh, I think this is the games that are coming and not actually the the, the console itself. Let me pull up um, a video of the console so you guys can see it. So, so this was kickstarted and they raised over, I think, $3 million is on this- Kickstarter. In, was it Indiegogo? Is this the project, Andrea, that we all talked about when we first launched What's Good? And we thought it was absolutely ridiculous and that it would probably never see the light of day. And I even made a calendar reminder to remind yes. us one year after we talked about it to see if it had ever launched. Is this that? I, I believe that, that it is. So this <laughs> oh, technically wow. has not launched yet. So uh, the VCS, just so you guys are aware, according to the press release here, was designed to recreate the casual and social gaming experiences of yesteryear before online gaming was standard. Air console um, is a lag free. Wait, hold on. That was... That's a weird clause in the middle of the sentence. I think it was supposed to read, designed to recreate the casual and social gaming experiences of yesteryear before online gaming was the standard, period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Air Console is a lag-free cloud-based virtual game service that will be accessible via the Atari VCS dashboard. A single virtual console screen is shared to the TV by the Atari VCS, the user's smartphone functioning as a gaming controller so that anyone can play without additional hardware. A wide variety of titles and genres are completely free to play with more games and additional content available through the inexpensive Air Console Hero subscription. Just another $4.99 a month. Families and friends can get together to play from a perpetually growing that's lol a selection of over 150 games any many air console games use the advanced features unique to smartphones including displaying secret information uh the gyroscope is used to play golf touch screens to draw things swipe gestures and more so on screen you guys are seeing with the console uh this video that they launched with their kickstarter that it's meant to represent this like really beautiful piece of retro tech 
And that's supposedly why it's so expensive. So it launches in the <sighs> fall. Um, the lineup of systems, bundles, and peripherals can be seen at, on available for pre-order at atarivcs.com and, of course, at retailers like GameStop and Walmart. Um, the base, which is 8 gigabytes of RAM, will retail for $299.99. The all-in system bundle, which includes the classic joystick, which, is, of course, is available available separately for $59.99, is going to be $399.99. And then, of course, the classic joystick and modern controllers were created in partnership with Power A, who's been in the peripheral game for a long time. Um, So essentially, like what they are announcing today is that in addition to some of the Atari classics you'll be able to play, they're going to have this subscription service available as well. Now, I just... Huh. I just don't... Huh. And it's probably because I'm not super into retro games. I just... In a world where the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X are both having digital versions of their console that are also launching in the fall, probably for the same price, if not more competitively priced. How do you justify buying this? Now, I know as a caveat, Britt, that you can use the VCS if you install an operating system as a gaming PC, but I would remind people that it only has 8 gigabytes of RAM and it only has 32 gigabytes of internal storage. This is one of those things where I might not understand it, but I'm going to respect it. You do you, friends. That's just that. Uh, yeah. I mean, I love retro gaming, but like, no. <laughs> just no. Just it's, not just not for, it's just not, not for, for me. me. It's just not for me either. And like, I, I think I understand like where they're trying to go and say like, hey, you can use this as a gaming PC. I'm like, you can't really, though. I mean, not with those stats, and it's yeah. not like it's modular. Like, it's designed to be, like, a piece of art, right? Like, they talk at length in the video and on the Kickstarter, the Indiegogo, about how, like, they put a lot of effort into making this look like a really beautiful piece that you want to display on your media center. So, I yeah, wow. I don't know, man. It's just, a, it's just a lot of money. And, like, on top of that, adding another $5 a month subscription <laughs> service... Because <laughs> I, I, huh, if this is that same thing... They raise so much money. Like, you think they'd be able to slash the price. I don't know. It, whatever. It's over my head. But like I said, you do you, friends. If this is something that flips up your skirt and gets your... No, I'm not going to say... I'm not going to do the sausage thing. Uh, go on with your bad <laughs> self. <laughs> Gotta let the sausage go. Let it be oh, free. Let right. it be free. Well, it's interesting, Britt, because in the chat, Decatron says, I would rather invest in that leaked Lego NES for the sake of art. Speaking oh, of which, great segue, Decatron. Shit, because you see, friends, Lego teases NES set following leaked pictures via IGN. I don't know if this has been officially confirmed since I put these show notes together, but I'll continue to read the story. So a Lego replica of the Nintendo Entertainment System appears to have leaked online, leading Lego to tease an official launch for the set on social media. VG Gamer, which is a different language, or I would have quoted them, posted an article earlier today revealing the new set, showing off the box, manual, and individual pieces. The set consists of a CRT TV playing World 1-1 from Super Mario Bros. for the NES, a Nintendo Entertainment System replica console and controller, and the Super Mario Bros. cartridge. The full set contains two 2,646 pieces, making it quite a substantial build. Lego website Promo Bricks is reporting that this set will have a 229 pound... Is that pound or euros, Andrea? I always get them confused. Um, 
I was scrolling through the oh, those are euros. Euros price tag because it looks like an E. There we go. Yes. Okay, so and I'll get into my little tangent here in a second. It's going to launch on August first alongside the previously released Lego Super Mario sets. It looks like the NES set will also be compatible with the Lego Super Mario kits revealed earlier this year. In particular, it appears that this leaked set will interface with the Adventures with Mario starter course, as one image shows the 3D Mario toy slotted into the top of the CRT. The audio effect symbols in the image suggest that the character will be able to make sounds and augment the experience when the handle on the side of the box is turned. In response to the leak, the official LEGO Twitter account all but confirmed the set with a short gif and the tagline, Are you ready to play like never before? And that's where we're at. Okay, I I like to dink around with LEGOs from time to time. I think it's a fun little pastime and hobby. I did not realize that these sets were so fucking expensive. Oh, yeah, girl. (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I was like, 229 euros. I was like, okay, wait, but that's like, and then I did, I went to my friend Google. I was like, how much USD is that? About $260. That's crazy. I mean, again, you do you. I'll probably buy one of these too. So I mean, I, I don't, I'm not into Lego collecting. I, like most people, played with Legos as a kid and then have kind of, you know, gone by the wayside. When Lego Dimensions came out, you know, John and I messed around a little bit with that because I thought it was a really neat crossover Toys to Life concept. But, I mean, the friends of mine that I know that are really big into Lego are, like, really big into Lego. Wow. So I think it's really fascinating, Lego building culture and the artistry around it and, This is just an intersection of like a really cool piece of building toys and then Nintendo, which you and I are both fangirls of. Yeah. No, it's it's great. Yeah, just man, that price tag. But no one in chat seems phased by it. They're like, yeah, that looks cool. I don't know. I feel like that price tag for a collectible is not that much. Well, and I can't talk because even like I said in these notes, I buy collector's editions like they're going out of style. I didn't even know that I had bought the Goose of, Goose, Goose, Ghost of Tsushima collector's edition. I forgot all about it until I got an email reminder. So clearly I have no problem dropping money on collector's editions for cool things. But yeah. um, I think of Legos, I just think of little kids toys, you know, like I used to play with when I was younger. But no, I know it's much more than that. I think it's the fact that it's like it's a little mini here. I'll show you guys the picture again from this website. Where the Tsushima. Came from. <laughs> yeah. It's like a. It's a little, it's a little mini TV with like the little console and the controller. Like, I mean, it's cute. It's really, it's really cool. It's really cool. Yeah. I'm into it. Oh, I feel like I have to get this now. Dang. It would be a good at home project. Oh boy. Mm, we ain't going yes, anywhere. Yes, it would. Oh wait, hold on. What? Hold the phone. The Lego Twitter, the Lego Twitter may have teased it. Yeah, let's let's look. They did. That was part. That was the final sentence of the story. Oh, but I didn't see this video, Britt. Oh, it was a little gif. It's yeah. A little little thing. Little thing here. It's a little Ooh. gif. It' real cute. Yeah. Oh, I really okay. want it. I really want it. You went from like, why do people pay for these things to like, okay, I'm getting it. Yeah, the sticker <laughs> shot got me. The sticker <laughs> shot got me. But I'm like, okay, well, it's video game related. And it's a collectible. It kind of like falls right into my little diagram of shit I will buy. Yeah, I, maybe that's maybe that's what, what it is for the Atari VCS for people. Maybe that thing falls into the diagram of shit people will spend a lot of money for. Yeah, that's a you fair know? point. All right, well, I guess that's it. P- collector's going to collect is what you're trying to say. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, well, let's just for a few minutes here talk about some things that people wrote in for Dear WGG. As a reminder to everybody watching us live on Twitch, listening on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube.com, 
You guys can write to us at whatsgoodgames.com slash DearWGG if you've got questions about what's happening in the news or anything that we've played or any other thing that you want, you know, us to consider answering on the show. And Scott wrote in and says, Happy Monday, ladies. Assassin's Creed Valhalla and Cyberpunk 2077 are coming out two days apart. As they have both aligned themselves with Xbox as far as marketing goes, have they basically told us when the Xbox Series X will launch? Question mark. Dun, dun, dun. I think that that's a very fair assumption, yeah. Scott. Yeah, I think that we know that we're going to get the consoles either like the last week of October or the first couple of weeks of November. As we've discussed yeah. on the show previously, it doesn't make sense for them to launch too close to Black Friday because they want to make sure to give retailers enough time to get their displays set up and to get online ordering in place if, you know, we're still like going strong in the pandemic um, during Black Friday times. And so, you know, they don't want to launch it too close to Black Friday. So I think that... They also want to make sure that people, you know, are able to get their hands on, you know, copies of the console ahead of Black Friday. Um, so I think that it makes sense that the game was going to come out either the first or second week of November. Oh, yeah. The, November. Not the game, the, the system. As the cool kids are saying, November is going to be lit. I think that's what they're still saying. Uh, yeah. Again, I'm not, I'm not hipping cool. And then leading into that, our last question comes from JP Maya. Would you pre-order your new consoles to be shipped to your home or pre-order for pickup in a store? I worry about in-store pre-orders because who knows if they will shut things down if they get worse. Oh, that's a really good point. And holiday, but I worry about having it shipped because UPS USPS has their own share of issues lately. Was wondering what your thoughts are. Oh, <sighs> I had to think about that because during our Patreon streams yesterday, that was one of our questions. It's like, how do you guarantee you get a new console? Well, you really can't, right? You kind of have to be right, pla- right place, right time, get your pre-order in. I tend to go into the physical stores because I like doing the midnight launch. I like the energy of midnight launches. I think they're great. But uh, yeah, I forgot. Pandemic is happening. And who knows if those stores will still be open in November. Maybe what I'll yeah. do, Andrea, is I'll have Jason order one on Amazon for him. And then I'll order one through Best Buy for me. Yeah, I will never order from Amazon again for gaming content. Oh, you get burned? Yes. I've been burned by Amazon multiple times, and so I just will not do it. Uh. And it's just, the problem is, like, the way that Amazon does fulfillment is just, it's it's wonky, and there's really no rhyme or reason to it, and the frustration of thinking that you have a confirmed order and then not being confirmed or being canceled is just something that I cannot tolerate with the new consoles, and so I'm going to go with a retailer that I've had a a lot of better luck with i'm with a lot of people in thinking that i would prefer to go in and pick this up so i'll probably look at retailers that allow me to place the order online and then will allow me to come and pick up my order day of and i have Mm -hmm. to imagine by november i have to imagine (laughs) that we will have better social distancing practices in place across the country where they say hey your pickup time is between here and here and everybody is X amount of feet apart and everything's clean and that way there's not this giant lineup of people tra- scrambling to get stuff that they'll be yeah. like hey did you place your order in advance is it already paid for come and bring your receipt and pick it up I feel like that's like the win that's the way I want to that's what I would like console. to do too oh I'm so yeah. excited oh it's hard to believe that's just a few months away I know wait ah, ah, can't wait no more loading times oh my god can you imagine a world yes where there are no loading times. I can, I can imagine it, Brittany. <gasps> I can see it. It's almost here. It's so exciting. <gasps> um, all right, friends. That's all we've got for today. Thank you so much for joining us on What's Good Games Live. We will be back with another episode on Friday. And yes, there will be impressions about ghosts of Tsushima. <laughs>
So if you've got questions about ghosts and you want our team to answer them, you know where you got to send them. What's good slash DRWGG. And we will do our best to get to as many questions as possible. But that will be the focus of the hands on for this Friday's episode. Did I miss anything, Britt? Uh uh-uh, uh, you're great. You did a really great job, Andrea. I'm just, I, I yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Britt. And this is your last friendly reminder to turn notifications on for twitch.tv slash what's good games because sometimes I just feel like streaming. Like last week, I needed to test some things out. So I played Destiny with Rihanna and Renjamin and Solid Snake Ocelot and a bunch of other what's good guardians for like six hours. It happened. Did you do all the things? Did you do all the dungeons? And I did one dungeon. Okay. But not all of the dungeons. Doing yeah. all of the dungeons in a single night would be a lot. Yeah. It would take mm-hmm. a long time. Yeah, don't do that. But we've been talking about doing almost all of the raids or all of the raids. So, raids. Ooh. Yeah. Raids, raids, raids. Not to be confused with roids. True. And I have some Animal Crossing streaming that I want to do as well. So, anyway, turn notifications on. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for us. We'll see you later. <gasps> Bye. Goodbye.